Word podcast with Pastor Robert Morris. We are in a series called Dream to Destiny, where Pastor Robert talks about the character-building tests Joseph experienced in the Bible that we must also go through to step into our destiny. Today's message is about passing the purity test. But before we get started, we have a special limited offer available to our valued listeners this week. To find out more, visit us at PastorRobert.com or give us a call at 833-933-9673. We would love to hear from you. Now, let's join Pastor Robert. So we've talked about the pride test that Joseph went through. We're using his life as an example. The pit test last week, the palace test. This week is passing the purity test. And so uh, I read uh, I'm, uh, a little part of verse six was where we ended last week in Genesis 39. And I thought I'd just add that to show you how it goes right into verse seven where we start, all right? So Genesis 39, six says, and Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife, that'd be Potiphar's wife, cast longing eyes on Joseph. I I want you to notice longing eyes because we're gonna come back to that. It's a key to overcoming impurity. And she said, lie with me. It'd be like, you know, they slept together. It would just the way we'd say it today. But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness? Notice what he calls sexual impurity, great wickedness and a sin against God. How can I sin against God? So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day. I just want to notice our battle's not with flesh and blood. So I'm not talking about this woman and putting her down. It was the enemy attacking Joseph through her, but this is the way the enemy attacks. He'll never give you a day off, day by day. That he did not, Joseph, it says, that he did not heed her. You know, this is what's talking about Joseph now. He did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. And in other words, he did nothing wrong. But it happened about this time when Joseph was, went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside that she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me, but he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. This fleeing or running is congruent with a New Testament scripture, 1 Corinthians 6, 18, that says flee sexual immorality. In other words, you, you need to literally run from it because it, it, it is a trap that can catch you. So I wanna tell you some things about uh, impurity, all right? Here's number one, impurity affects your family. Now, I don't really think we realize how much if we open a door in this area and leave that door open, because many of us have opened this door before. Many of us have had uh, struggles in this area, but you can repent and you can walk away and you can close that door. But if you leave a door of impurity open in your life, it will affect your children. It will affect your grandchildren. It will affect your family. One of the most famous examples of this, 2 Samuel 11, is when David fell in adultery with Bathsheba, 2 Samuel 11, 2. 
It happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. Remember, we talked about Joseph was handsome. This woman, the Bible tells us, was beautiful. All right. So David falls in 2 Samuel 11. I want you to see how, how this affects your family and how quickly it affects. 2 Samuel 12, Nathan confronts, him, confronts David and he repents. 2 Samuel 13, his children fall immorally. It, it's amazing. 2 Samuel 11, he falls. 2 Samuel 12, the prophet confronts him. He even repents. But 2 Samuel 13, his children fall. And I'm going to show you what I believe is David's part in this as well, all right? So I'm going to read a lot of 2 Samuel 13, but this is probably the best passage on impurity to show us one of the reasons God says stay pure in this area, all right? So 2 Samuel 13, verse 1 says, after this, just want you to notice, in other words, after what? After David commits adultery. That's what this is talking about. After this, Absalom, the son of David, had a lovely sister. Notice again the word lovely, because we're going to talk about lovely, beautiful, handsome. We're going to talk about all the people that we uh, hate. Okay, so um, <clears throat> Absalom, the son of David, had a lovely sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Just want you to notice that the Bible says he actually, he, he loved her. So if the Bible says he loved her, he actually did love her because we're gonna see what happens when love turns to lust. Now, let me explain something. David had 300 wives, okay? It was a cultural thing. God never rebuked him for having 300 wives. He did rebuke Solomon for having so many wives because they drew his heart away. But with David, in this day and age, they would marry, these kings would, would take a wife as a military alliance with another nation. And the, so the, the wife that he took, which was Absalom and Tamar's mother, was, it tells us also she was very beautiful. Remember, it says Tamar was lovely. It tells us Absalom was very handsome, but she was very lovely, beautiful, it says, but she, uh, her father was the king of a nation, a small nation right on the Sea of Galilee. So David probably did this as a military alliance, we think, okay? That's what most theologians would believe. But you've got Absalom and Tamar from one mother, but David's the father. Amnon, who loves Tamar, David's the father, but he has a different mother. So she is his half-sister. Everyone got all that? Sounds like a soap opera, I know, but some of the Bible does. This just happens, all right? Well, because it's, it's, it involves humans, all right? All right, Amnon, verse two, was so distressed over his sister Tamar that he became sick, for she was a virgin, and it was improper for Amnon to do anything to her. Now, you, you almost think because she was a virgin, it was improper, and obviously that would be true, but it was improper because the law explicitly states twice in Leviticus and once in Deuteronomy that, uh, that you are not to uh, have a physical relationship with a, with a half-sister or half-brother, okay? And I'm gonna show you the one in Deuteronomy just so you'll have it. 27, 22, cursed is the one who lies with his sister. And watch how it shows a half-sister, the daughter of his father or the daughter 
of his mother. So it'd be wrong for a full sister, obviously, too, but even a half-sister. This is in the law, all right? The daughter of his father or the daughter of his mother. So that's why it would be, it would be wrong for him to do it, and he knew it was. Now, so he knows it's wrong. He's in love with her, though. Verse 3, but Amnon had a friend. Choose your friends wisely whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimeah, David's brother. So that's his cousin. Sorry, it's just, I'm just, it's, 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 you're thinking, my gosh, this is a soap opera, you know, okay. Now, Jonadab was a very crafty man. This is similar to the word it talks about Satan being subtle. He was, he was like the enemy in essence. And he said to him, why are you the king's son? Notice how he's even manipulating him the king's son, becoming thinner day after day. Will you not tell me? Amnon said to him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. I want you to notice again, he loved her. He actually loved her. So Jonadab said to him, lie down on your bed and pretend to be ill. And when your father comes to see you, say to him, please let my sister Tamar come and give me food and prepare the food in my sight that I may see it and eat from her hand. Then Amnon lay down and pretended to be ill. When the king came to see him, Amnon said to the king, please let Tamar, my sister, come and make a couple of cakes for me in my sight that I may eat from her hand. And David sent home to Tamar, saying, now go to your brother Amnon's house and prepare food for him. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house and he was lying down. Then she took flour and kneaded it, made cakes in his sight, and baked the cakes. And she took the pan and placed them out before him, but he refused to eat. Then Amnon said, have everyone go out from me. Now, that's another no-no, is to be alone with someone that you're not married to, okay, that you're attracted to or in love with. But he refused to eat. Then Amnon said, have everyone go out. Okay, I guess I already read that. And they all went out from him. Then Amnon said to Tamar, bring the food into the bedroom. Another, no, no. That I may eat from your hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them to Amnon, her brother, in the bedroom. Now, when she had brought them to him to eat, he took hold of her and said to her, come lie with me, my sister. In other words, let's, let's sleep together. But she answered him, no, my brother, do not force me for no such thing should be done in Israel. Do not do this great disgraceful thing. And I, where could I take my shame? And as for you, you would be like one of the fools in Israel. Now, therefore, listen to this, please speak to the king for he will not withhold me from you. Now, I think that actually by this, I'm making an assumption that she actually loved him too. Otherwise, she wouldn't have said, just ask my dad. We can get married. We can do this the right way. And, and we don't know whether David would have done it because of the law, but he might have done it. We don't know because she, she thinks that he would, okay? So ask the king, he won't withhold me. Verse 14, however, he would not heed her voice and being stronger than she, he forced her and lay with her. He raped her, okay? Watch verse 15 carefully. Then Amnon hated her exceedingly so that the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her. He really did love her. 
but you're going to see how it affects you when you go into impurity. His love turned to hate. And Amnon said to her, arise, be gone. So she said to him, no, indeed, this evil of sending me away is worse than the other that you did to me. But he would not listen to her. And then he called his servant who attended him and said, here, put this woman out away from me and bolt the door behind her. Okay, here's what I want you to understand. When love turns to lust and lust is fulfilled, then love can turn to hate. And here's why. One of the reasons, young ladies, that he loves you is he respects you. The very thing that the world tells you to give him so you can keep him could be the very thing that causes you to lose him because he lost it. You have, you can't, it's love and respect. It's all through scripture, love and respect, love and respect. You can't love someone you don't respect. He, this is amazing to me. He loves her, but once his love turned to lust and he fulfilled his lust, we're, we're told by the Bible, he hated her exceedingly. He hated her, and the hatred was more than the love. Now, here's the, the biggest thing that I wanted you to see from this story. Amnon says to David, the David, okay, please let my beautiful sister come into my bedroom and let me eat from her hand. Any father could have seen through that. But why couldn't he see through that? Because he had an open door in that area in his own life. I'm telling you, men, listen to me. You leave this door open in your life and you can bring them to church and do all you want in that area, but you're leaving a door open to the enemy for your family. Sexual impurity will affect your family if you allow it in your life. All right, here's number two. Impurity affects your faith. It affects your relationship with God. The reason it affects your relationship with God is because you have to have deception in your life to have sexual impurity. You have to. Uh, let, me, let me show you the scripture. James uh, chapter one, verse 14 says, but each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, which is what happened with Amnon, or fulfilled, it brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. In order to walk in, in sexual impurity, you have to learn to lie. You have to learn to be manipulative. You learn to be deceptive. You learn to have a pretend relationship with people. You learn to put up a facade. You don't, when you're dating and, and you and your boyfriend have decided to, to start entering into an impure relationship, you don't say, when your parents say, what are y'all gonna do tonight? You don't say, we're gonna go have sex. You lie. And then when they, you get home and they say, what'd y'all do? You lie. So I want to tell you a little about this so you can understand what impurity does when you open up to it. 
When, when you have an impure sexual relationship before marriage or even during marriage or whatever, when you have, anytime you have an impure sexual relationship, you get this adrenaline rush. And then when you get married, you don't have to sneak around anymore. And that's why a, a, a man or woman will say, it's just not the same. I don't feel the same as before we got married. That's why some people say, we're not going to get married because we might ruin it. Isn't that amazing how the enemy then came, brought that lie into it? So what will happen is a, a man or a woman will begin to flirt or talk with someone else and, and they have to cover it up. They have to be deceptive. What they're actually doing is fulfilling that desire, that appetite that God never intended you to have. For, for And just, to, you know, it's, it's not always this way. For, for men, many times it's sexual. For women, many times it's emotional. This is why some people, not everybody that's been, had multiple marriages, and I'm not saying anything to condemn anyone here, please, but this is why some people have been married three and four and five times because they created an appetite that can never be satisfied except in an illicit relationship. Y'all hearing me? And this will affect your relationship with God because you'll come to church and have your hands raised, but your heart covered. You learn to lie and be deceptive. So it affects your family, it affects your faith. Number three, it affects your impurity, it affects your future. Um, Proverbs, Solomon is talking about a young man that he that he's talking about, first of all, he talks about an immoral woman that when her husband goes out of town, she brings young men into her house. And he, it's a whole chapter of Proverbs 7. It's a great chapter to read. But he talks about one in specific, uh, specific, one specifically young man. Proverbs 7, verse 18. This is the immoral woman talking to her. She's, she says, come, let us take our fill of love until morning. And by the way, it's not love. Lust is never love. Let us delight ourselves with love. For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He's taken a bag of money with him and will come home on the appointed day. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately, he went after her. Listen, watch this. As an ox goes to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks till an arrow struck his liver as a bird hastens to the snare. Now watch this. He did not know it would cost his life. I said it will affect your future. Now listen, if you've fallen immorally, I'm not saying you forfeited your destiny, but I will say this, if you continue down that road, you will not fulfill your destiny for God and it will cost your life. And when I say your life, you might live to be 95 years old, but it'll cost the life that God had for you because he had a good life plan for you. He has good plans for you. That's what Jeremiah says. So it affects your future. And then I have four points again this week. It's a bonus. It's a bonus. It's free. So you don't have to add in another 1% to your tithe or anything. It's, it's free, okay? <laughs> Number four, impurity begins in the eyes. Now, this is the key because you might say, okay, I, I got it. It affects my family, my faith, my relationship with God. It affects my future. So what's the answer, pastor? Okay, 
It does not begin in the heart. That's what people think. It begins in the eyes. This is, this is so simple to, to overcome this. And G, here's, here's, remember it says she cast longing eyes. Remember we read that? She cast longing eyes on Joseph. All right, here's Jesus backing it up. Matthew 5, 28 in the Sermon on the Mount. But I say to you that whoever looks, looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her. Now, I want you to look at the words I underlined there. Just look at them. Leave that on the screen for a minute, all right? Look at the last word, adultery. Before that, when you back up, you'll see the word lust. And but before that, you see the word looks. See, somehow we think, and we see that he's already done it in his heart, so we think this is in the heart. Before it ever got in his heart, it was in his eyes. But I have realized, as a person who's overcome this and who had a very difficult problem in this area, I've realized that looking is what stirs it up. That's why pornography and all the things on the internet now that you can go to so easily are wrong. And people say, I've got a problem with lust. And nearly every time now, I say, do you look, though, at things you shouldn't look at? This is so simple. I've, I've had to train myself. When I'm driving down the road and there's a woman jogging, don't look, don't look, don't look. Um, ma'am, let me talk to the ladies for a minute. If your husband has a problem with this, it does not mean that he doesn't love you. It means he has an, an appetite that God did not intend for him to have. It's an unhealthy appetite. And the best thing he could do is talk to you about it. Please hear me. Because I've had guys that talk to their wives about it and their wives go bonkers because they feel insecure. They feel threatened. I understand that. But he's not telling you he's not attracted to you. He's not telling you that he has a problem loving you. He's telling you, I have an appetite that's unhealthy. Uh, let me say it another way. Try to remember these two words, even if you want to write them on your phone or something. Struggle together. If you're married, let him struggle with you. Here's the why. Satan works. Here's the why. That's stupid, but here's why. Satan works in darkness. And if he can't talk to you about it, then you're encouraging him to keep it covered. He needs to bring it out in the light. So please, 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 uh, I understand that you, you might need some marriage counseling, okay? You might, you might want to kill him. I understand that. Now, let me tell you a little under, to understand how to deal with it in a biblical way. It's a sin. He said, how could I do this sin against God, this great wickedness? So some of you had premarital sex. And so you say, well, what do we do then to get this appetite of our, out of our lives? It's, you deal with it like any other sin. You confess it and you repent of it. And in my opinion, it'd be good to confess it to some friends or not go broadcast it. Don't put it on your social media account. Just want everyone to know we had premarital sex and confessing, you know. And just say, we want to acknowledge it as sin and we want to repent and we want you to pray with us to close the door. Are y'all following me? You can deal with it. And then if you have this appetite in your life, then you can't look. Like an alcoholic, you can't have one drink. You can't have one look. 
We want you to take a moment to think about what Pastor Robert shared today and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. If you would like to receive our special offer this week, submit a prayer request, or check out any of Pastor Robert's other messages, books, study guides, or other useful resources, visit us at PastorRobert.com or give us a call at 833-933-WORD. Again, that's 833-933-9673. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter so we can be a part of your community. Thank you again for your support and for tuning in for this important message. Join us again next time for another great word from Pastor Robert. Have a blessed day.